At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Yes, it does. Fast Money starts right now live from the NASDAQ market site. You know where we are. We're overlooking a packed and soggy Times Square in New York City. About a million people get ready to watch the ball drop. I'm Tyler Matheson in tonight for Melissa Lee. And the New Year's celebration is happening around the globe. Check out these images from Athens. They've rung in the new year. Still seven hours to go here on the East Coast, a little longer if you're out in California. Our traders in Texas tonight. Peyton Ajarian in Minneapolis. Tim Seymour right here on the desk. Brian Kelly, Guy Adami, and we start tonight with the markets. Oh, so oh. kill the celebration music, folks. Let's cue the scary stuff. We have to. 2018 was no celebration for stocks. It was more like opera. Worst year in the market for the market in a decade. The meltdown started, of course, in October. And despite a little reprieve in the last week or so, the S&P 500 ends the year down 6%. The question of the hour, should the new year bring with a new portfolio? What do you do now, Guy Adami? Tyler, new Tyler year. Madison. I'm Happy back. New year. I'm back. Happy, Happy New Year, guys. That's We're going to bring out the bubbly later. How many yeah, people we are. there out there? A million people? At they knew I was here, like, so like, a million people like showed fast up. Fast money audience. So right. You might be life. disappointed, but I'm very thrilled you're my date tonight. Ah, here. That's right. That's right. We're going to have fun tonight. We're going to have fun. Pete's in Minneapolis. Pete's in Minneapolis. on. Hey, Petey. Unfortunately, look at Pete. Looks good, doesn't he? He does Actually, look you know, well. Look, unfortunately, although we had it's that big downdraft a couple weeks ago, and we had a huge spike last week, I still think there might be further room to the downside. I don't think anything's necessarily been solved. Obviously, you can point to last week and say that was a textbook um, V bottom and the market put in a capitulatory bottom. I just think it looks too fancy on a Christmas week for that to be the case. So I do think there's some room to the downside. I think there are places to be in 2019, and we'll talk about them in a bit. But unfortunately, I think the first couple of months could get a little dicey. Well, he, go ahead. I was gonna say, here, here's go what ahead. I think has been solved, Guy. I mean, you've gotten to a place where I think markets at least have gotten to a place from a sentiment perspective where you, you've absolutely made major adjustments. So for the first time in the last three or four months, we started to introduce volatility in a major way, although we had that bout earlier in the year. But the geopolitics, but I think repositioning and sentiment to me are, are reasons why I think that the market looks better than I think fundamentals actually have it pegged for right now in yeah, 2019. And if you think about what brought the market down, right? So we worried that Jay Powell was going to lose his job. It appears he's probably in his job for the next three to six months. We we're worried about tariffs. Well, maybe over the weekend three to we six got months. some. Three that to six months. Sound three to six months. That's good enough for right now. Let's just take that okay. for now. All right. Three to six months, but they'll also likely be a lot easier than we thought even six weeks ago, right? So the chances of them doing two rate hikes next year, the, them being the Fed, I think that's pretty much off the table at this point, at least in my mind. And then the tariffs were making some movement on that. And we've come down 20%. Sure, there's slower global growth out there, but we priced a lot of this in. And so I feel a lot more comfortable about buying equities at these levels than I did 
up at the highs when the, all these things weren't priced. So in. Tim mentioned yes, you mentioned sentiment. Pete, I'm going to turn to you. Is sentiment yeah. broken or is it still intact? Mm -hmm. Number one. And what do you think investors are smarter today, smarter today than they were in October? Well, I, th I think the, the sentiment is, I don't know that it's broken. As a matter of fact, I, I actually look at this right now, and we've been talking about this for a while now. The velocity of these moves has been absolutely unbelievable. And I think a lot of that has to do with algorithms. In other words, computer-driven sort of moves that we've seen. I mean, when you get a 1,000-point rise and a 600-point drop and all the rest of that, I mean, that's pretty spectacular. You look at the volatility index. We were at 36 last week. We closed at 25 today. If that was a stock, that would be the stock that everybody would be talking about. But it's the volatility index, and that's telling you what people are looking at in the market. I know that Tobias Lestovich talked about this several years ago. He talked about volatility within that 20 to 25 range is kind of a no-touch area. So it's a very un uncomfortable spot for most people. Now, when we had that huge volatility spike, I think that created some opportunities. I think there are opportunities in this market because of the contraction you've seen in the P.E. levels of so many different companies. I think that has given us an opportunity to look around and say, you know what? It's gotten too much. Oversold, I think it is. I know Brian said Maybe he sees more the, downside, but I see a little bit more upside looking forward. The biggest no-touch area is right behind me, folks, right now, right there in Times Square. <laughs> and it's, and it's what should I, what should I do, Pete, if I, if I buy your thesis, what should I do here yeah. starting on January 2? Well, I think there are two areas right now that we talk about all the time about, and you want to talk about contraction. You look at energy, but energy makes a lot of sense why those PEs contracted as much as they did. We had that huge drop in the price of oil. I think when you look at the financials right now, that gets more interesting. Now, if you go back, 2017, financials had an unbelievable year, up 20-plus percent. This year, not so good. Obviously, down close to 20-plus percent. So when you look at what's going on there, look at the contraction and look at where their earnings and their revenue are right now today or through the last four quarters. And all of a sudden, you start to say, you know what? Maybe this is the next area that I ought to be looking at. I look at J.P. Morgan. I look at Goldman Sachs. Some of these names. I know Guy Adami's talked about this a lot. But when you look at the price versus where these stocks are trading right now, it's absolutely unbelievable. I think that gives you an opportunity. And I think that's why maybe financials 2019, that's why I think there's much more room. Because, because they I'm, do I'm have great balance sheets and they got contraction. I, yeah. I'm with you on that one, Pete. I mean, you look at the price to book ratio on these, a lot of them are trading below yeah. one. Now, I don't think that financials right. necessarily should trade above one. They're more like utilities at this point in time. But Bank of America trading below one on a price to book ratio, unless you think there is a major recession heading down the road and that book value is going to erode, then that's a pretty good value in these things, especially after this downturn. So let me play devil's advocate, because I, 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 ten, I tend to agree with both of you guys on valuations here with banks that have had record earnings, and I'm very comfortable owning J.P. Morgan. But if you look at where we are in the credit cycle, and you can make an argument that the, you know, we basically had a, a full spoke, uh, excuse me, a, a, a stick stuck in the spokes of the credit markets in the fourth yeah. quarter. And if you look at high yield, we had no high yield deals done in December, which was the first month since going back to the, the, uh, the crisis. Bottom line here is I think banks could be not necessarily fundamentally victims of a slower economy here, but what the market is doing to banks is certainly preparing for third, fourth quarter 2019 could be a place the market's preparing for recession. And that, that's really what it comes down to. Well, it's a, there's Jump a reason here. why, and quickly, there's a reason why banks are trading below book value. I mean, Goldman Sachs is very specific to Goldman Sachs. They have their own issues. But Citibank, significantly below tangible book. 
is a concern. I think the concerns stem from their exposure to Europe. And then you look at what's going on with Deutsche Bank, a name we've talked about now, not for months, but for years. And you wonder if some of the risk from Europe is making its way into our shores. I happen to think it is. And I think it's manifesting itself in but the stock But do you really price. think after 2008, 2009, that the banks are going to really be allowed to go under like they did with Lehman? I mean, this is where all the fire trucks are right now. They will prop these banks up as I'm much as they can. going under, though, Brian. I mean, look, look yields close today. So we're somewhere at 267 on the 10-year. Right. This is the lowest number we've had since January. And face it, folks, if we get, especially you broke through a level right now. Yields are probably looking at 250 now as the next level of support. This is telling you that what the market is, that is very... It, well, is it, it telling you that, uh, that, that worse times are ahead? It's telling you that the market is very concerned about growth in the first couple quarters of the year. And if you ask me, I think the playbook really is that we start to really accelerate into the third and fourth quarter because I don't think things are, are that bad. I think we have put a stick in the bicycle spokes of a global economy that was actually churning along. But I do think we are seeing slower growth. And I think the 10-year bond reflects that. Let's bring in our first guest of the evening. In early December, uh, he said a Santa Claus rally was coming to Wall Street. Listen. So how strong is this Santa Claus rally going to be, you think? Well, I, I, I think we could probably get 7% out of it. 7% mm. from wow. here? Where we are oh, right over, now, yeah. you, you mean in the next month? It's a month? big bag of goodies. From, yeah. from here to the end of the year. Yeah, I think we could. Well, Santa Claus's sleigh must have had issues because he really never made it here. <laughs> the S&P is down 10% since that call. So we brought him back. John Stolfitz is Oppenheimer's chief investment strategist. I guess you could say in the last four days we've had a nice little rally. Bag of goodies. Well, I, I, Almost I'd say we, we, like we, we've at least had some wrapped chocolates, you know. Yes. But uh, I've got to say the operative word there was think. I think. think that it could do that. It was a powerful rally we'd had that very day or the day before, as I recall, after we'd, we'd seen so much, uh, uh, so much downside. But we've got to say what really impressed us the most in this, uh, this last year was the first nine months were really very good. We had a challenge in the first quarter. Market got over it, showed resilience. All the way until the end of the third quarter, we had record highs in the NASDAQ, S&P 500, the S&P 400, the mids, the S&P 600, the Russell 2000s. You had smalls. It, it, it was across the board. And then all of a sudden, people started worrying about what happens to growth? What if China doesn't work out? There's, uh, uh, what about Jerome Powell? And, and, and you so had, that was all that stuff was what made December the worst December I since what, so. 1931. Yeah, or something and, like that. And, and within context too. I mean, when you look at it, when you consider the S and P is only off 6.6 stuff priced in now. I think it is. Right. I, I, I think so we're you right. Oh, bullish at this point. I, 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 absolutely. I think right now what, what, what I just heard uh, Pete Nigerian saying. And actually drop some, well, some, some presents. He, he might very well. You know, we might have some kind of a, a, a pleasant surprise in here. And, but we do believe there's progress being made in China. The Fed is, is decidedly uh, trying, at least, to, to be more communicative. Guy, Guy says he sees more churn, right? I do. A possibility and, and for I'll more churn. You I see mean, that? Is it as simple as, for the last eight years, Sarah Eisen pointed this out on the show prior to this, you've had central banks' balance sheets expanding. Mm -hmm. Now, over the last six months, effectively, you've had central banks' balance sheets globally contracting, led by our Fed. Is it just that simple that you just stay with central banks' balance sheets and that's what's driving this market? I, I, I think what the thing is we're, we're, we're seeing the central banks normalize and the process of normalization based on where rates are from a nominal basis, money is still very cheap and the process of normalization is, is very, very sensitive 
to both weaknesses, uh, both vulnerabilities and strengths in these economies. And as a result of that, I think most of what we had in, in, this, in this fourth quarter, which was, was very painful, I mean, in terms of what you had talked to a lot of people, keep them off the ledge, so to speak, and as we'd say in the industry, don't want to have folks at home think it was that way, because it wasn't, but it, it, it's, people were very nervous. But the reality was it, was it was algorithmic trading, it was opportunistic investors finding an opportunity to justify selling and taking profits. It was a catalyst. Let me bring in Pete for a question out in Minneapolis. Go ahead, Pete. Sure. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, John, I had a quick question for you. So you agree, you agree with the idea of the algorithmic trading and just the absolute mass of what we're seeing in terms of these moves has been unbelievable, right? I mean, to the upside you, and Pete. the downside, some of these moves, are they're crazy. But has that created now the opportunity that I think we're seeing? Are there opportunities? I'm not just talking financials. I'm looking across the board. There was S&P stocks that have been absolutely punished with PEs that now, even if they don't grow, are in the single digits. Do you see that kind of opportunity? And are there certain sectors where you see more of it than other places? I, I have to agree with you, Pete. And, and what I, the sectors that I like the best remain technology. I think technology had, had, had experienced a, a fairly brutal sell-off, considering it was up as high as 17% on a year-to-date basis uh, by the end of the, of the third quarter, uh, gave back most of those gains. Uh, the thought of it uh, here would also be industrials, the new technology, in essence, uh, technology, when I got into the business 35 years ago, was all was brass and a lot of glass and dials. Today, it's all sensors. Uh, the upgrade that can occur to industrials, consumer discretionary, more people working, people are feeling more, uh, having more confidence as to uh, will they retain their jobs. Wages are rising modestly. So, look, we're, we're wrong on this desk all the time, but, I, you know, there's a lot of strategists that have changed their tune in the last yeah. couple of months and have made adjustments. And, by the way, yeah. you could make an argument that the trade snafu, war, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call this dust-up, is enough to make a call. But if you, if you did not have trade as a dynamic, don't you still think we could be in a dynamic where we could have slower growth, where S&P earnings priced up 7% in 2019 is very ambitious off of really difficult comps for companies that haven't been reinvesting in their business. And actually, right now, sentiment on business side is very negative, and that's a forward indicator. So I'm just trying to push back a little bit because we act like the market has moved for no reason, and now is a great opportunity to get in. It, it the, 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 the reality is it had plenty of reason to be concerned about the trade war and the implications this in, in 2019 for U.S. businesses if they have to find new supply chain uh, replacements for what they've been relying on for years, if this becomes a protracted trade war, trade war which I don't think it will. But uh, in terms of the Fed, that's, that's very typical. The market never trusts a new right. Fed uh, chair until they've been in the, in the office about well, four years. they always years. test them. <laughs> they, they always, always test, test them. them. It's always a yeah. brutal battle. Right. And, and the last is whenever oil drops precipitously like this, just think 2015 into 2016. So there was a bit of kabuki theater here. You know, the, 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 the masks were painted a certain color. I'm not saying that the concerns were legitimate. Going tonight, actually, we're, after We're going to trade all this. John, thank you very much. Good, 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 good luck in uh, 2019. Hey, happy New Year. Thanks. Happy New Year. Thanks. Fantastic. Good to see you. Let's trade what we just talked about. Guy, t kick us I off. Wanna be, listen, I want to be optimistic. It's right, New Year's Eve. You look great. Everybody looks pizza in Minneapolis with a tuxedo. Everybody looks great. I just think it would be too cliche to think that last week marked the bottom. I think there's some hiccups in store early 19, and then we'll talk again in the spring.
We'll see. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to have a, a bull market like we've had for the last six or seven years, but I think there's going to be tactical opportunities here. So you're going to have to change your style a bit. It's not going to be that buy it and just blindly hold it. You have to say, listen, when things are priced into the market, that's a time to strategically allocate to equities. Once we start going back up again and you get some of these things, some of these concerns again, don't be afraid to take stuff off. That's the markets that we're heading into, in my view. All right, BK, we're going to take a break here. Coming up, what is in store for the market in 2019 that you might not expect. The mm. Traders will tell you their biggest predictions for the new year. Plus, it's been the two faces of Fang this year as Netflix and Amazon end the year way ahead of Facebook and Google. So is this once, once hot trade up in smoke for 2019? And later, Pete Najarian says there is one stock, one stock you must own heading into this new year. He will step up to the plate to give us his fast pitch. He's ready to do it. We're live from a very festive but soggy Times Square on New Year's Eve. There is much more fast right after this. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Welcome back to Fast Money, everybody. Investors tuning into Netflix today with shares of the streaming giant jumping nearly. And she jumped right in there. It is 6%. <laughs> Who at was the that? Was that Shelly? It's New Year's Eve. Every, everybody the champagne needs. is already <laughs> See those cups? They're full. All right. Netflix good time here. <laughs> took the cake as the top performing fanger this year, up nearly 40%. Amazon taking second place, up 28%. The laggards were Alphabet and Facebook both ending the year in the red, so we, t we thought we would play a little game. We love games in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to love them in 2019. Oh, look at that. Fade it or trade it? No, no yeah. Tyler, stop for a second. Fang style. Yes, yeah, stop it's, for a second. It, it's traded or faded. Trade it or. You said faded or traded. You didn't oh, read I inverted uh, my. Inverted. It's great to have you tonight. You're not here all the time, but when you're not here, guy screws it up every I don't night. Know. Yeah. Let's be I'm clear. So you know what? Sort of I'm going to get it right. Is trade it or fade it? Are you trading or fading Pete Facebook? Well, I own it, so I guess I'm trading it. And, and Tyler, I, I acknowledge the idea that they are in the media, it seems like, once a week with some sort of new issue. But all that being said, when you take a look at Facebook right now and you strip out some of the various – okay, how about this? They've got $50 billion in cash with zero debt. So that alone is very impressive to me. I like what they're trying to do. They've just got to stay out of the negative press. And if they can do that, I think the stock has gotten way too cheap. Trade 17 PE. You put the cash, you strip that out. It's a 13 PE. This stock has gotten way too cheap, but they've got to stay out of the negative news that they've been stuck in. It seems like since the very beginning of 2018. Is that their big risk? Well, yeah. I, so, I mean, listen, I, I, Pete and I have been on the other side of this all year because I think you sell the risk. 
rips because exactly what Pete's kind of doing it, saying as the caveat there is that they have some serious media problems. Not only that, they have some trust yep. issues with what's going on, and their business model is being disrupted a little bit. Yeah, so I'm a faded on this one, uh, but I don't know. I, I would wait for the rip to fade it. All right, let's go, let's move to uh, Amazon BK trading or fading. That's what I'm trading because right. I think we're still in a market where disruptors win, and Amazon is still just crushing it, crushing it on everywhere in retail. You walk down any street in America, and there every retailer is going out of business except for Amazon. So yeah, valuation, all these things you can say about Amazon, but in this environment, disruptors win. You but trade in this it. environment, isn't isn't valuation the problem? Because I, I don't think anybody disputes that Amazon is continuing to dominate every sector that they decide to enter into. But this is a market that has been very discerning about high multiple stocks. Potentially. I mean, again, I go back to the tactical. We've come down here. What do you want to buy? You want to where, where are you going to get the growth in a slow growth environment? You want to go to somebody like an Amazon. You like the idea that they may add a lot of stores to a Whole Foods? Do you I, care? I, I, no, actually, I don't particularly like that idea. I'd rather have them stay asset light. But, you know, Jeff Bezos has proven to make some pretty savvy moves. So I, I guess I'll trust him on that one. But who should really hate that, by the way, is Walmart and Target and, and Lidl and Aldi and all these thousands of other people in that grocery space. stores. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Tim, you're up. Uh, trade it or fade Netflix? I fade it. Look, you know, to me, uh, I'd rather go to Kabuki Theater than necessarily invest in this stock. I think if you have a dynamic between, again, a multiple stock, a company that, to me, continues to burn cash. I thought they were supposed to start 2018, be the year they actually got cash flow positive. Yes, we know they have a huge footprint. Yes, we know that maybe they're starting to develop some real content. This valuation is not easy to defend in an environment where I think competition gets He's deep into Kabuki Theater today. Yeah. 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 It's got a date for 180 on the charts, yeah. by the way. A date with 180 on the charts. Yeah, not Kabuki Theater. And, wow. and, and good for Tim, by the way. He's, he was correct on Facebook, and he's been spot on in Netflix. But I'll say this. Last quarter, Netflix reported what was a great quarter. The price action was miserable, and the stocks paid the price. But I think we're at levels now where, as we get into earnings, I think on January 17th, this is one you can own into earnings because I don't think you're going to have the same situation twice. I'd rather take the other side. I'd be in the traded camp, Tyler. All right. Either way, they well played, now, by the way. And when I say well played, yeah. I don't mean necessarily correctly. I mean you actually played the game right. I, I'm so. trying. Now yeah. it's coming to me. Coming it's coming, coming to you, and the stock is close. alphabet. You a sports fan, Tyler? I am, yes. So if you have a player on your team that you no longer want, what do you do with him or her in the WNBA for that uh, matter? You would trade him or you her. You would trade Which is a negative or thing. let him so or her walk. the game confuses Why me. Why did WNBA come up? Because I'm pointing out you would trade him or her. I mean, there's various sports no, leagues that have players. I didn't want to make it a male-centric <laughs> thing. I know you're a big So fan. in my world, traded is a bad thing. You're looking to get rid of. But in this world, I'm trading Google or Alphabet. You like it. Because yeah. I think it's a good thing. And I understand the, the regulation is out there and the hammer could come down in terms of the government. But I think most of it's been priced in. We traded down and held levels we saw earlier in 2018. Valuation at 21 and a half, 22 times forward earnings is not ridiculous. So I'm inclined to trade Alphabet, Alphabet here. Basically flat this year, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I tend to agree with Guy on this one. I think the valuation, this is one where with Facebook, I think Facebook has trouble defending the valuation because I actually think that the valuation changes as earnings adjust. Google, to me, makes a lot of sense at this valuation. We've got to leave it there, guys. For more on what's in store for the FANG trade in 19, head on over to tradingnation.cnbc.com. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. And here's what else is coming up on Fast. Impossible to see. The future is. Maybe not, Yoda. Our traders are going deep into the stock market galaxy to give you their biggest predictions for 2019.
and you won't believe what they are seeing. Plus, Pete Najarian says there's one stock that you need to own heading into the new year. He'll step up to the plate to give us his fast pitch. Much more Fast Money right after this break. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a news alert on Activision Blizzard. Let's go to Josh Lipton in San Francisco for the details. What's up, Josh? Yeah, Ty, this news just crossing that Activision Blizzard has notified Spencer Newman, the company's CFO, that the company intends to terminate uh, Mr. Newman's employment for, quote, cause unrelated to the company's financial reporting or disclosure controls and procedure. Uh, they go on to say that their CFO has been placed on a paid leave of absence from the company, pending an opportunity for him to demonstrate why cause does not exist to terminate his employment. Um, however, effective January 1st, Activision Blizzard is saying that uh, Mr. Dennis Durkin, the company's chief corporate officer, will assume the duties of principal uh, financial officer. And in the event, they say that Mr. Newman ultimately ceases to be their CFO. It is Mr. Durkin who uh, will assume those responsibilities. Obviously, this coming uh, a tough year for Activision, closing out 2018 here, down more than 25 percent. Tyler, back to you. Do we know how long he had been at the company? Is he a longtime insider there, or do you know? Unfortunately, I, I don't know that. I've reached out to the company to get a little bit more background on that. If I hear back from them, I'll, I'll of course, bring you those headlines, Tyler. Any Look, comments? I mean, for CFO for cause is a reason for concern. I don't think you need to jump out and buy the stock. 16 and a half forward earnings. This company does not get enough credit for esports optionality, does not get enough credit for live services. You know, I think this actually, after a major pullback, is very interesting outside of this news. All righty. Let's turn back to the market. Uh, there are just a few hours left, of course, in 2018. Time to look forward to the Ooh. first big hurdle for the markets in 2019 earnings. The fate of the markets is tied, of course, to earnings growth, and right now the outlook isn't too bright. Our very own Bob Pisani has more on that from the New York Stock Exchange. Bob. Hi, Tyler. Earnings in 2019, are they going to be up? Are they going to be flat? Or are they going to be down? What happens to markets in 2019 may depend on your outlook for earnings. 2019 estimates are coming down slowly but surely from about 10% at the start of this quarter to a little better than 7% today. Now, 17 companies have reported earnings for the fourth quarter so far, and while the numbers have been good, first quarter estimates have been lower, particularly after comments from Micron and Federal Express, who noted that while the U.S. was still strong, international trends were definitely slowing. Unfortunately, the fate of earnings may be in the hands of very large macro issues that are notoriously difficult to model. So traders are weighing several major issues. First, 
can the Fed avoid what some are calling a policy error? That was that is hiking in a slowing growth environment with low inflation. What about other global rate risks? The European Central Bank is ending stimulus. What impact will that have on European profits? Third, will there be clear progress on trade talks? And finally, how much exactly is China slowing with or without tariffs imposed on it? This is hard to figure out. How strategists and analysts interpret the impact on earnings determines how they feel about the markets in 2019. So, for example, if you think earnings growth is going to be zero, you're likely to think that the markets will be dead in 2019. If you think earnings are going to be negative, you're thinking the market's going to drop even more from where it is right now. But if you think earnings will still be growing in the mid-single digits, and that's where the majority of people are, then most think the markets have room to go up. Back to you, Tyler. All right, Bob, thank you very much. Earnings growth certainly earning its place uh, in the uh, panoply of things to consider for panoply. 2019. Wow. Panoply. That's a lovely yeah. word. word. Big word. Use that in 2019. That's, as a, much that's as a New possible. Year's Eve word. I only trot that out once a year. Panoply. Well done. So, earnings growth next year, what are you looking for? Well, and where veritable. does it fit on your hierarchy of things to watch? I mean, look, there's a veritable cornucopia of things <laughs> that are playing in the markets here, Tyler. But um, I, I am concerned about earnings, and I think there's a, a group of at least strategists and analysts that are very very late to the party in terms of downgrading growth. You can't tell me, based upon what we're hearing out of corporate insiders and the C-suite in terms of how they are looking at their core businesses, this first quarter earnings, which are rather around the corner, are, are critical for this market to assess whether we get that 7%. I think we finish flat. Pete, jump in here. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's, you know, it all, all comes down really, obviously, to China. I mean, that's what, what this is all hooked to right now, right? I mean, the idea of no vision for the CEOs over the last couple of quarters trying to figure out this whole thing. So I actually do think we're going to see some progress. I don't think we absolutely get everything we want and China gets everything they want. I think we see some progress. And if we get a little bit more vision, I can easily see the single digits in terms of growth, maybe even a little bit better than that, Tyler. So that's why I remain bullish. I think the vision is going to be better than people expect it to be when we start to get the next quarter's earnings. All right, you get single-digit growth, guys, and you get a, what, a 2% dividend. So there you're at what? You're at 10% if, and you have a, if the P.E. stays right where it and is. And you have a 10-year below 3, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at these levels, that starts to make sense. I mean, there are a lot of things to worry about, but at these levels, we've priced in an awful lot of things, and I agree with Pete. I think, you know, for, right. when we look at what's going on with earnings, the bar's pretty low coming into this quarter. FedEx probably lowered the bar a lot. So there, it doesn't have to have, it doesn't have to be that great. It just seems to be incrementally better. I see your panoply. Yeah. Your cornucopia. And you raise me. And I'm going to throw in an umbrage. Don't know what letter it starts with, but I take umbrage with the notion that this Fed is making a mistake or potentially could make a mistake. I would submit that this Fed is actually cleaning up the mistakes of the last 10 years. But that's me, Ty. Wow. Yeah. Praise Well, the there Fed. were a lot of people. It's a new year. This yeah. Fed. This, this, wow. this guy, JP, my man. There were a <laughs> lot of people, weren't there, who, who in the middle of quant quantitative easing, in the middle of zero interest rates, were saying, this is irresponsible. It is undermining the currency. Including some it people is, in Washington. It is, it is, I'm sorry? Yeah, including some people in Washington. Oh, well, a lot yeah. of them in Washington. Yeah. So now, to your point. All right, let's, let's move on. Rough 2018, the big banks uh, are the first group to report the aforementioned earnings in 2019. And there is one name traders are making a big bet on. Mike Coe is in San Francisco with the options And unaddressed, action. by the way. And uh, yeah, where's your tux, Mike? <laughs> That's a simple. No, you, 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 
You, you all look great, but you know, typically I'm thinking black tie starting around 6 p.m. It'll be 6 p.m. for you guys when the show ends. But here, it's only 3 o'clock. It's, it's only 3 o'clock. Okay. Right. I think. He's a little all bit right. self-defensive. You'll, you'll be asleep right, at well, 9. The ball drops at 9 out there. So that, that's what you have to look forward to, right? Well, that's true. So I get up a little bit earlier tomorrow as well. But, you know, so we were taking a look at U.S. Bank Corp. Actually, U.S.B. had traded about three times the average daily options volume today. That was not the only unusual thing. The other thing that was quite unusual here was that we saw a big purchase of January 2021, 47 and a half calls. Somebody paid $5.30 for 1,300 of those, that's $5.30 a share. This is a stock that's trading about 45 bucks, so that's about 12% per share uh, of the current stock price. They're making a bullish bet, obviously, and they're giving it a long time to play out that the stock's gonna be up at least 17%, because that's how high it would have to be just for those calls to break even, and presumably, they're betting that it would be up considerably more than that. But again, this isn't specifically about the upcoming bank earnings season. This is really a longer-term play that the sharp decline that we've seen in some of these names, U.S. Bank Corp. included, they might actually make up those gains, but it might take some time for them to accomplish that. All right, Mike, thank you very much. It looks so lovely out there compared with Times Square where it's pouring. <laughs> Mike Coe, Happy New Year. And for more options Happy. action, check out the full show Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. That would be 2.30. Mom always said you could, you, could, you could never be overdressed, but you could be underdressed. All right, I mean, there we go. Come on, it's early for I mean, Mike. It's early. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's nice that he came on with it's us It's 2.30. No, just kidding. All right, healthcare, the best Happy performing New sector this year, but the stock right here has sat out the rally. Pete Nigerian says it's about to join the party. He's going to give us his healthy 2019 fast pitch. Plus, speaking of parties, one of the biggest parties in Times Square is happening at, yes, really? Applebee's. We will tell you how the casual dining restaurant is capitalizing on the hearty consumer. And there's just six and a half hours to go until the ball drops in Times Square on this rainy New Year's Eve night. Much more fast money ahead of that, though. Coming right back. Welcome back to Fast Money for a New Year's Eve night. Healthcare feeling good this year. Top sector 2018 with names like Eli Lilly, Merck, Pfizer tracking double-digit gains. So let's head out to the Gopher State where Pete has a fast pitch on one healthcare stock that sat out this year's rally. Pete, who is it? Well, it, sat, it really sat out because of the fact of what happened in December. And I'm talking about Johnson & Johnson, Tyler. I mean, this is a stock that was actually performing relatively well and then had that very, very sharp drop because of the issues, the accusations about asbestos. Now, Alex Gorski came on and talked with Jim Cramer very, very upfront in the day of all of this news breaking, essentially, came out and talked with Jim Cramer on Mad Money and described exactly what they do and the, how they go through the process. I think that was very encouraging. Now, the stock obviously took a really big hit. I mean, it, it literally dropped down towards the 200-day moving average. That's where it's holding right now. When I look at the fundamental story of what's going on here, this is a company that gives you nearly a 3% dividend. Free cash flow is absolutely outstanding. When you look at the balance sheet, that looks very strong as well. So there's a lot of different fundamental parts of this story that make sense. Did, should it have gotten sold off $50 billion worth of market cap? I'm not so sure about that. So I think it is creating an opportunity. Now, sometimes you've got to have a little bit of guts to go in and jump into something like this. But I think what we've seen now is any of the negativity of what was attached to there has been priced in, and all of the positives have been
been pushed out to the side. And the very last thing is, when you look at growth, their pipeline, their late-stage pipeline is extraordinarily strong. And 50% of the revenues are coming from the pharmaceutical side of this company. It's three different legs that actually work Johnson & Johnson. I like what they sit at right now. I think the P.E. is really appetizing because it's well under 20. It's gotten a big, huge hit, but we'll have to see going forward. Do they? Can they show the earnings growth, the revenue growth? That was one area where they had been stumbling, and I think that's something that this year they started to improve on very, very rapidly. Huge hit, trouble in the courts, guy. I, I probably, yeah. I happen to agree with Pete, but I'll yeah. ask, I'll play devil's advocate quickly. Do you think, Pete, yeah. it's better to wait for earnings, I think, on January 22nd, or do you think there's a chance you rally into it and you might miss the move? Well, you know, that's, a, that's a great question, and whether or not you want to, you know, obviously this sharp drop had nothing to do with earnings, nothing to do with those expectations at all. It was all to do with that asbestos. But I think they've addressed that enough, guys. So if you are confident in what they have been doing, and I am, I think this is a company that you'd want to own going into the earnings itself. All right, let's vote. It's time to see whether you're buying Pete's pitch on J&J. &J. Tim, you go first. Yeah, I'm a buyer, Pete. One more picture, Pete, in 2018, my final one. I like J&J at a major discount to its peers, Johnson & Johnson, Pete. BK. You know, winner, winner, Thank chicken you, dinner. I'm a buyer of that, too, Pete. Well done. Oh, that's two out of three. Dividend. Hat trick or not? It's a hat trick. Bye-bye-bye. Oh, 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 you like Procter & Gamble at 22 times. you got to like J&J at 15 and a half. I'm with yep. Pedro from Minneapolis. Bye-bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. All right. So, Pete, thanks. Are you at home voting for Pete's fast pitch on J&J? Head to Twitter now to help Pete end his year on a high note. Coming up, one of the country's biggest restaurant chains throws its annual New Year's Eve bonanza right here in Times Square, and you won't believe what it costs to get a table. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in jam-packed Times Square, New York City, New Year's Eve. Doesn't get any better than this. More fast money coming right up. It's about to get even more fun here on Fast Money. If you're looking for shelter and a good time amid the New Year's Eve chaos in Times Square tonight, you can still head over to Applebee's. New York is home to the world's largest Applebee's right here in Times Square, and it's throwing its famous or infamous annual New Year's Eve party tonight. Zane Tankle is CEO of Apple Metro, which operates the Applebee's chain in the New York area. This is a huge night for you guys. It sure is. All year long, Tyler, well, to get and, and when does people start booking Applebee's for New Year's Eve? This summer, this past summer, rather, August, September, October, because like airline prices, as you get closer to New Year's Eve, the price goes up. What do you do with the price? You charge a cover? What do you do? It's, it's all inclusive. It started at $375 per person. Whoa. And that's all, all top shelf liquor, all you can eat, all you can drink, three bands. Here at 42nd Street, we have two bands, 50th Street, three floors, three DJs, sorry. Yeah. Three DJs, different floors, different music, different environment. Yeah, I know the one on 50th Street. I've been to the one on 50th yeah. Street. That's fantastic. Yeah. How's business overall? Business overall this year of 18 was good, but there's huge headwinds for 19. Huge headwinds. What, what are and, they? Well, let's start with labor, cost of labor. In New York, we're blessed because we don't have a labor shortage. But go to North Dakota, go to Nebraska, go to areas. I'm a director of an oil field services company. We can't get drivers to yeah. come down out of the oil fields anymore. We're paying bonuses just to sign on. You got to stay on for six months, though. So. 
And uh, so labor, just finding people at a full employment, three and a half percent full employment, as you well know. Yeah. Um, food supply, commodities markets, I think proteins, chicken, beef, fish go up next year. Uh, and then there's the consumer, you know, the, the euphoria of the tax cuts this year are waning. See, that's not what we're hearing, though. So that's interesting. So you think the consumer is under pressure? I think the consumer is beginning to get. It's a leap to say, you know, whether they'll regroup and get there or not. But I can tell you firsthand, in this part of the country, they're under. Pressure. How price sensitive are your consumers? Because you're 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 right in the center yeah, of the yeah, middle market. Yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. to me. So let me give it to you this way, Tyler. We do about 200,000 meals a week here in New York City. If we go from 15.99 to 16.05, six cents. The letters come in over the transom like crazy. You're kidding. They're the I am not that's kidding. That's right, City. It, right here in New York City. Wow. Right so here. Who are you competing with then? You're not competing with McDonald's, and you're probably not competing with the crazy burger place that yeah. Josh Brown goes to all the time. What's the place that I worked at? You know what I'm talking about? The good. Oh, Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Sure. So who are you competing with? Uh, well, guy, I have a different view of the world. I'm competing with anyone who sells food. Because you don't very well stop and get a hot sabret hot dog in front and then come up to an Applebee's and eat. So if you're on your way, and I, I was in another industry years ago, and so I invited to, to the executive bank board meeting with our bank at the time, and I love sausage and pepper. And I stopped on the way, and I had <laughs> sausage and pepper. And when I got there, and I use that analogy all the time, they said, well, aren't you going to eat? I said, no, nah, I'm on you're a diet. You're in good shape, man, I tell you. you well, I was good. on a diet then. I'm still on a diet now. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, Zane, thank you so much. Should you bet on the consumer in 2019, or is that play over? Well, I'll tell you what. So, look, going into the fourth quarter, at least in the middle of the fourth quarter, we saw both retail stocks, discretionary, XRT, you name it, actually be under an enormous amount of pressure, despite the fact that it turned out to be a great holiday season. If you look at the fast, fast casual restaurants, they actually were very defensive. Look at Starbucks. Look at McDonald's. I think those are names you continue to stay long, despite the fact that the valuations aren't terribly cheap. They stay defensive in this environment. All righty, we're going to take a break. Coming up, the traders will give you their biggest market predictions for 2019. Plus, we'll take a look back at what a year it was right here on Fast Money. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Oh, we go over there. Look, at you want to go down yeah, there later, right guys? Yeah. Let's go. Off. Come on. Here we go. Much more still coming up. One more time. There it is. Old Lang Syne. Welcome back to Fast Money. It's the countdown to midnight. We're getting ready to leave 2018 behind none too soon for a lot of people and enter the new year. So in honor of the annual holiday, uh, our traders are bringing you their top market predictions for 2019. Pete, let's kick it off with you. Your prediction for the new year. Yeah, I, Tyler, I think that there's going to be some great opportunities within technology, and I think you always have to be very stock-specific, so I'll give you a couple of different names. I think NVIDIA is one of those names. Now, this is a stock that was trading nearly $300 a share. It's gotten punished all the way down to 133 Now it trades actually at what looks like a great P.E. when you're talking about under 20, somewhere around 17 or 18 or something like that. And then you look at what their balance sheet looks like in terms of cash versus debt. This is one of those companies that everybody loved it at 300 They hated here at 133 I think that's a mistake. I think this is the time to own it. I think there are names like Adobe and Salesforce as well that are well off of their highs that create opportunity. They have such incredible growth, and yet they've been sold off as much as they have. That has created opportunity. So I think specific names within technology. 
One chair for technology. Tim, how about you? I'll tell you what. Nice job, Pete. I, I think it's not terribly controversial to say that oil prices will be up 20% from these levels in 2019. And the reason is, to me, relatively simple. Um, if you believe that we're not going to be contracting GDP growth and that aggregate demand in oil, even if it's down incrementally, it's still going to be incrementally 2 to 3 2.5%. I think that the dollar actually weakens. Growth differentials around the world are actually in favor of the dollar becoming a weaker play. 20% gets you back to $65 on Brent. I think it's a great trade. All right, BK, what do you see next well, that's, year? So that's a perfect segue for me because in 2018, I said the dollar is the new VIX. We had a strong dollar. I know a lot of people don't like to talk about the dollar, but you're going to have to again in 2019. I think we have a global currency war. It's going to be a rolling war back, back half of the year. We're all getting older, Whoa. Ty. You know what that yep. means? Big Cap Farm is going to continue to perform. That was the theme last year. I think it's going to be a continued theme this year. Pfizer, Lilly, Bristol, that'll get you done. Keep nice. All right, there you go, point. Big Cap Pharma. It was a wild year for the markets and an even wilder one here on Fast Money. So it's only proper Aww. that as 2018 draws to a close, we take a minute to look back at some of Fast Money's greatest moments of 2018. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. If you're looking you downstream, if you look it's at every it really is. No, it's Split them up. Split them up. Split them up. Let's go. I, I, we're rarely that split, was guys. I, yeah. First of all, no, BK, I don't wrong. like your shirt and I don't yeah. like your tie. Yeah. I don't oh, like, like you at all. Are you unponytailed? Because this could be TV history. Actually, I am. I'll even give you a little tease. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit unponytailed. Yeah. <laughs> we got a smile out of Dan today. Yeah. I think it makes for a very good CEO, and it makes for credibility, it makes for little hearts, and happy investors. Come on over, Carter. Wow. Well, you didn't even put it up to a vote. Why should I? Really? I'm in charge. Carter comes over. Carter's going to come back. Carter, come on over to the desk. Come on over, Carter. It's not coming over. Thanks, Jan. No, Dan's not coming over. Fix this up a little bit. Let's wow. Okay, how's that? I get it. I took calculus, causation. I get you it. You did. Yeah, get that's it. algebra. PK <laughs> hasn't bought a pony in a long time. I, well, I have the whole collection, so it's really nothing left for me to buy. Dan. Uh, Steve wanted one in red, but they didn't have it. Um, so here's the deal. You know what the P is right now? Know you know what the P is right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, really? No. Wrong. R-O-N-G wrong. Does he see what's going on behind the collider? I like it. It's a kaleidoscope. It looks just like Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I have the same setup in my dorm room, actually. Yeah. Tim's pitch was a home run on the desk, on, but Twitter Tony. says... Unbreak my heart. More than 65% of people voting no. 75% said no. Steve Gossel's pitch. Karen, the Twitter fans are not buying your pitch. You know what? I've had my heart broken a lot of times. It always, it always heals. Tony Braxton is safe. She will try and unbreak Steve's heart. America is not buying Dan's pitch for Target at this point. I know Dan is weak. You know, they didn't this. even load up the other song, the winter song. You know, so I just want to be very clear about that, okay? There's Pete in the number one nine. Well, really I mean, you good. tell me who that is. Jesse Ventura. Um, I'm throwing a Scrooge at Guy. I'm sorry, buddy. Bah, bah, bah. First time I realized Pete Pete's bald. I do this in Central Park on the weekends, by the way, for a little extra cash. I'm not asking you. I did already answer too late. I don't want to know. She asked the questions around here. This is not a democracy. We're just living in Melissa's world. Tell them, tell the audience. Look at this vest. I love this. This was awesome. crazy, right? Awesome stuff. Are we on air right now? Yes, this? Guy, your favorite Fast Money memory of the year. Well, obviously having you host this. I mean, Ty, you did an amazing job. But my favorite memory is the fact that each night we get to be with you folks. I've made some great friends over 12 years. January 8th is 12 years on this show. Whoa. No, for, so for me, it's just an honor to be with everybody. I'm sure I speak with all the guys and gals on the show, but thanks for another great year.
Appreciate that. It is great to be with you guys. Really, it, it's fun. Thank you. I pass the ball. You guys yeah. pick it up. I well, love it. Where are we going yeah. after it? You and I. Where are we going? Applebee's. Where do you think we're going? Come on. Of course. All right. Up next, we got some final trades for you. We have broken out the champagne. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Fantastic. Year. Fantastic. Good to be here. Pete, Happy New Year to you. Let her rip. Let's bring the answer to our Twitter poll. What we got? Let's hear that techno version of Unbreak My Heart. Because, Pete, you striked out. There you go. There you go. That's a fitting end to 28. All right, let's go to some final trades. You want to go first? No, Sim should probably go I'm first. Go time. I mean, that's first. usually how I we think do this. FedEx was such a bad story in 2018. Time to kick it off in 2019. FDX is how you spell it. There you go. FDX, what do you got? Well, well some more for me, you know what? If you're, if you're a millennial, you want to buy some Bitcoin for that currency war. I know it's down. I know it's been a tough year, but it's going to cycle back up. Can you pull and talk? Let's, let's, of course okay. I can, but you got to go to Pete. Pete's in the middle. Oh, Pete, what do you think? Do you have one? No, Pete. Sorry. No, they didn't Forget give me one. Pete. They didn't give yeah. you one, right? That's all, all right. It's all good. BK. Yeah. Say hi to your I family. Happy New Year, Pete. Well, I, mean, I was dude. actually doing it. Pfizer drug, yeah. because clearly that's what I need on this New Year's Eve. I don't Listen, know what that Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. I don't know what he means. All right, folks, catch Fast Money again, 5 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Meantime, Happy New Year, everybody. New Year. Jim Kramer coming right along. See you next year. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.